wanted to present a special message to you as we begin this new year. Uh, as you can see on our screens, and also hopefully if you uh, hopefully you read the pa- pastor's page in the bulletin, if you read that, you're aware that our theme for this new year is three simple words, all for Jesus. That's our church theme for the year, all for Jesus. And the uh, article in the bulletin gives you the rationale behind that, why we've chosen that as a theme for our church. I believe the only way we're going to do God's work this year in this place is if we're willing to surrender everything, and I mean our entire lives, for his service. That's the only way it's going to happen. And we'll only be usable to God if we accept everything that he brings into his life, into our lives, as his will. No matter what comes, that's what he wants in our lives. Even if they're painful and disruptive to us, we surrender all that to him so that he might use us the way he wants to use us. Our series in the book of Job is nothing more than helping us to learn how to deal with difficulty. Difficulty comes, God brings that into our lives for the purpose of shaping us and molding us to be more like him. And so everything that we do this year, no matter whether it's good stuff or bad stuff, whether good things or bad things come, it's all for Jesus. It all goes to his glory that he might use us the way he wants to use us. And so what I want to do this morning is take a little detour from our our book of Job and talk about a story that I'm sure you're well familiar with. And I believe this story hopefully is going to give us the motivation that we need to do all for Jesus this year. I hope we're going to see the work that we have been called to illustrated for us in this story. And I'm hoping also we're going to see the urgency of what God has called us to do. We can't wait around and just wait for somebody else to do it or wait for another time. The work has to be done now. Time is short. And so I hope as we go through this story, it's going to give us the strength that we need, the determination we need to overcome this flesh, allow God to do and bring whatever he must do and bring into our lives so that through those things, he might use us in his work. And so I want to read you a very familiar story this morning. Go to Je- uh, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I'm sure that's a familiar story to most of you. If you've been in Sunday school at all, you know the story very well. Luke chapter 19. We're going to begin reading this morning in verse 1. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down, and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood, and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, forasmuch as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I ask you might have your blessing upon this message this morning. Lord, I pray as we enter this new year, Lord, help us not to enter it just a kind of wandering in. Lord, may we walk in with purpose and with desire, Lord, to do your work and to allow you to do whatever you must do through us and in us to make us a servant you've called us to be. And Father, I pray through this story this morning we might see the motivation to do that as you lead us in this study. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, where you were, if you were in Sunday school, if you grew up in Sunday school, you probably sang the little song. I assume maybe our kids still sing this little song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. You remember this? He climbed, yep, he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Well, that story, I'm, 
Kids miss a whole lot when they'll come to Sunday school. I'm telling you, you don't learn songs like that anywhere else in a Sunday school. So uh, thank God for Sunday school, right? Well, that song is really the, the facts of the story. That song talks about what this story is really all about. This man, Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, climbed up into a tree to see Jesus Christ. Now, that's a very interesting event. Uh, in our series on the disciples, you're aware uh, we talked about Matthew, the tax collector. Uh, tax collectors were the richest folks in that society. Uh, he was certainly, Zacchaeus was the richest man in that society. In fact, he says there, Bible says in verse 2, he was rich. He was a rich man. Uh, they were in a business of taking uh, tax money from the people. But that's not all they did. They also typically skimmed money off the top and took extra money uh, for themselves as they collected that money. So they were gathering money for themselves as well as for the government. So from all that, we're pretty sure that Zacchaeus was a very wealthy man. He probably dressed in the finest clothes. He probably drove the latest model camel all around that place with all the bells and whistles on it. He had the best of everything. And here we have this well-dressed, wealthy man climbing a tree to see somebody who's walking down the road. Now, Zacchaeus probably had not climbed a tree in a very long time. And it's very difficult to climb a tree in an Italian suit and alligator skin dress shoes. And so he probably scraped his legs and tore his pants and scuffed his shoes and scraped himself all the way up and all the way down the process of climbing that tree. But at that moment, it was the most important thing Zacchaeus had to do. At that moment, nothing else mattered to him because Zacchaeus wanted to do whatever he must do to get a glimpse of Jesus Christ. But the question we ask ourselves this morning, what we want to consider today, is why did Zacchaeus climb that tree? I mean, what had happened to Zacchaeus in his life that made him so intent on seeing Jesus Christ? Well, I believe we can find the answer to that if we look through the Word of God for it. And I believe as we answer that question this morning, it's going to give us all the motivation we need to take our theme this year, All for Jesus, and surrender all that we have and all that we do and all that we go through uh, to Jesus Christ so that we can accomplish his work for us in this coming year. And I think in order to really find the reason for Zacchaeus' behavior, I'm going to tell you, we probably have to read, uh, read through the lines, read between the lines a little bit to get that message. So I want you to know what we're talking about this morning is not specifically found in the Word of God. I mean, the basis is there. What I would like you to do this morning is use your imaginations a little bit and find the answer. Why did Zacchaeus climb that tree? What was the point? And I think if we're able to do that, kind of use our imaginations and go along with him, I think we're going to find something very significant happened in Zacchaeus' life that made him do what he did in climbing that tree. And I think at the end of it all, we're going to see there's a challenge for us as well who know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior as we take this opportunity God has given us, a brand new year, to walk into again and serve him with all the opportunities that he gives to us. So, what is the one thing God wants us to do in this new year of 2024? What is the one thing that we should be involved in that will please him and truly make a difference in the lives we come in contact with and truly make a difference for all of eternity? I think the answers are found in the story of Zacchaeus. So I want us to follow Zacchaeus as we would as he makes his rounds and collects his tax money. Now, you're probably going to see how the story wraps up before I get to it. Please don't get ahead of me. Just go along with me and relax yourself and just let me tell you the story about Zacchaeus and what happened to him and made him do what he did that will cause us also to surrender what we have to the work of Jesus Christ this year. So, as usual, Zacchaeus starts off one morning to collect his taxes. It's a Monday morning, and like most of you are probably are on Mondays, he was not overly excited about going into his day that day. He looks at the list of people on his list, 
that he's to collect from and sort of groans as he sees the names on that list of the people he has to go see during that particular day. So Zacchaeus looks at that list and walks down the road toward the first house. When he gets to the first address on that list, he notices the house has black crepe hanging over the front door. He sees a hearse parked in the driveway, hears voices inside, and some weeping and crying going on inside that house. He knocks at the door, and a woman answers. It's obvious she'd been crying as she answers that door. As she opens the door, he says to her, Good morning, widow of Nain. I'm Zacchaeus. I'm here to collect your taxes. And the widow says, Oh, good morning, Mr. Zacchaeus. I wasn't expecting you today. I forgot all about this being tax day. Mr. Zacchaeus, I don't have the tax money this month. And Zacchaeus says, you don't have the money. And she says, no, sir, I don't. You see, sir, a terrible thing has happened in my life. I don't know if you ever met my son before. He was a big, strong boy, never sick a day in his life. But recently, he came down with some sort of disease. We weren't sure what it was. He kept kept getting sicker and sicker, and the doctors had no answers for us whatsoever. Finally, uh, this morning, just today, when I went in to wake him, I found him dead in his bed. Uh, My son has died this morning. We're waiting here for the preacher to come. We're going to take him down to the cemetery. As soon as we can, we're going to bury my son. And I had to use all the tax money that I had saved for the funeral. Mr. Zacchaeus, I know this is not how you usually do it, but if you'll just give me 30 days, just 30 days, I promise you that I'll collect enough money to pay you the tax money I owe you. Well, Zacchaeus, being the tax collector, wasn't too happy about that, about not getting any money. But he was aware he really couldn't say a whole lot since she had just lost her son. So a little exasperated, he says to her, I'll let you off this month. But I'll tell you what, I'll be here in 30 days and you better have that money next month. And the widow says, Mr. Zacchaeus, thank you so much. I'm sure I'll be able to collect that money for you next month. Zacchaeus walks down the steps and thinks to himself, this is sure a great way to start a Monday. He checks the next address on his list. Zacchaeus walks up to this next house and knocks at the door. A lady comes to the door, and she, she says, uh, he says to her, uh, Good morning, Mrs. Gadara. I'm Zacchaeus from the government. I'm here to, to collect your taxes for the month. And Mrs. Gadara says, Oh, hello, Zacchaeus. And then she says, uh, Mr. Zacchaeus, I don't have your tax money this month. And Zacchaeus said, You don't? Why don't you have it? And Mrs. Gadara says, Well, we had some horrible things happen in our family. I don't know if you ever met my husband. He was doing so well. He had a great job. We were paying all of our bills regularly. And then something happened to him. I really don't know exactly what happened, but he changed. He became more and more depressed. He started to drink. And pretty soon, he was drinking every day. He was getting meaner and meaner. He refused to go to work. And finally, he lost his job. One day, he left the house and went out on the island. And now he's living out there on that island. He's acting like a crazy man. He won't listen to anybody. He won't come home. I really think the alcohol has destroyed his mind. And since he's not working, I have no income. I've been struggling just to make the bills that I have here and keep food on the table. Mr. Zacchaeus, if you could just give me 30 days, just 30 days, I think I would be able to pull enough money together to pay all my taxes if you just give me 30 days. Zacchaeus sighed. Lady, are you sure you're going to have the money next month? And Mrs. Gadara says, yes, Mr. Zacchaeus, I'm sure by this time next month, I'll be able to gather enough to pay you what I owe you in tax money. And Zacchaeus says, well, just make sure you do. And gives a quick exasperated turn and walks off down the steps. Zacchaeus swallows a couple of aspirin and says to himself, this is turning out to be one of the worst days of my life. Half the day is gone. I don't have one thing to show for it so far. 
This is a Monday if I ever saw one. And he checked the next address on his list. Zacchaeus arrived at the next house, and he stopped in the street before he went in. He could not believe what he saw as he looked at that house. This was the worst-looking house he had ever seen. There was no paint on the house. The windows were smeared and dirty. The shutters were half off. The grass had not been cut in months. As he walked onto the porch, his foot went through a rotten board on that porch, and he almost fell through. He knocked on the door, and when he did, the screen fell off and fell off beside him, almost hitting him. Nobody came, and so he knocked again. Soon he heard a voice coming toward him. Who is it? Who's there? That was saying. And as the door opened, Zacchaeus was looking at a small, thin man. When Zacchaeus looked at his eyes, it was clear there were no eyes there. All that was there was sockets where his eyeballs should have been. And Zacchaeus said, blind Bartimaeus, it's me, Zacchaeus, I'm here to collect your taxes. And Bartimaeus says, oh, hello, Mr. Zacchaeus, I didn't realize it was tax time again already. I guess I lost track of time. And then he said this, Mr. Zacchaeus, I can't pay you the tax money this month. And Zacchaeus, trying to control his anger that he felt rising inside him, said, why not? And Bartimaeus said, well, you know, I go down to the corner in town every month and beg. That's the only way that I have any income. Well, this past month, the fellow that usually drives me there uh, was was out of town and wasn't available to take me. I checked Uber. I checked Lyft. I checked every taxi service in town to try to get me down to my normal begging spot. But for one reason or another, nobody could take me and nothing worked out. And so since I've not been able to beg, I couldn't get any money. And therefore, I don't have any tax money to give you this month. I just simply can't pay the taxes. But if you'll just give me 30 days, I'll have the tax money for you. The friend that I have that takes me downtown, he's going to be home tomorrow. I'll be able to get downtown again to the corner, and then I can beg and get my tax money again. Mr. Zacchaeus, if you could just give me 30 days, just 30 days, I'll have your money. Well, Zacchaeus says, fine, and walks off that porch. 30 days, make sure you have that money in 30 days. I'll be back in 30 days. You better have the money. He swallows a couple of tums and says to himself, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I don't know how many more names are on this list, but I'm done. I'm calling it a day. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to go to bed. Now, let me stop you here. Why would a man like that climb a tree to see Jesus Christ? Why would a man like that do that? What could have possibly happened in his life to cause him to do whatever he could do to get a glimpse of the Savior that day? Well, I'll tell you, that bad Monday was actually the starting point that ultimately led to him climbing that tree. Now, don't get ahead of my story. Just let me tell my story my way, and we'll figure out why Zacchaeus did what he did. Thirty days later, Zacchaeus looks at his list and sees those three names on that list, those three promises made to him 30 days ago. And so he says to himself, this is the day I'm going back to those homes. I'm going to get the money that they promised me. This is the day to get it. So he didn't care what they said. He didn't care how they approached him. He was going to collect those taxes today. He went to the first house where the widow of Nain lived, and he knocked on the door. The door opened, and there was a young man standing there. He was six foot three inches tall. He was 250 pounds, healthy and strong, looked like a bodybuilder, just uh, built all over. And Zacchaeus says, I'm Zacchaeus. I've come to collect the taxes. Who are you? And the young man said, hi, I'm the widow of Nain's son. Zacchaeus says, her son, I thought you were dead. Wait, just a minute here. Uh, the widow, just at that moment, the widow came to the door, and Zacchaeus says, wait a minute here. What's going on? Oh, she says, hello, Mrs. Zacchaeus. I see you've met my son. 
He says, what are you trying to pull? I thought you told me last month that you couldn't pay the taxes because your son had just died. You have another son or were you just, were you just lying to me to get out of paying my ta- the taxes? And the widow says, no, sir, this is the only son I have. And then she made the connection. She said, oh, Mrs. Zacchaeus, haven't you heard? And Zacchaeus says, heard what? And the widow said, that day you came last month, my son had just died. I'm sure you remember. We were waiting to make the arrangements. We were waiting for the preacher to come. We were going to uh, take my son's body to the cemetery and have him buried. And just at that moment came walking down the road, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I stopped him and I told him what had just happened. Mr. Zacchaeus, you'll never believe it. He came into our house. He placed his hands upon my son and told my son to get up. And just like that, Mr. Zacchaeus, my son grows alive again. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Zacchaeus, it is the most fantastic thing that I've ever seen. My son was dead and now he's alive. Jesus Christ raised my son from the dead. Oh, by the way, here's the tax money, she says. I owed you for this month and also for last month. It's all there. Now, before I continue, I want to tell you something. That same thing happened to me as an eight-year-old boy. I was lost, dead in trespasses and sins. I had no hope. I was without God and lost for all of eternity. And one day, Jesus Christ came. And through the power of his own resurrection, he placed his hands on me. And I, in simple childlike faith, trusted him to be my Savior. And my testimony is, I was spiritually dead, but I came to life. The weight of my sin was lifted. I arose through the Spirit of God and began walking in newness of life and have walked that way ever since. And it all happened because Jesus Christ showed up and brought life to me. Just like that widow's son. Well, Zacchaeus says to this woman, I can't believe it. I can't believe you would lie to me and make up a story about your son being dead just to get out of paying your taxes. That is the most ridiculous, most underhanded thing that I've ever heard of. Or ever seen. And Zacchaeus took the money and stormed off down the sidewalk. He walked down that road amazed and angry that he had been, what he had just heard. He was the one who was supposed to be taking advantage of others. No one was supposed to be taking advantage of him. Especially some old widow woman. He came to the next house. Walked up on the sidewalk and knocked his door. Mrs. Gadara came to the door and she says, Oh, hello, Mr. Zacchaeus. I've been expecting you. Let me go get my tax money. Uh, Why don't you have a seat in the living room and talk to my husband while I get the money? And Zacchaeus took a step back and said, oh, no, wait a minute. I've heard about your husband. I'm not going to sit down and talk with him. He's a crazy man. I've heard stories about him. That guy's nuts. He's dangerous. Why would you want me to sit myself down with that guy? You told me yourself last time I was here, he was out of his mind. You're not going to get me in the same room with that guy. And Mrs. Gadara says, oh, Mr. Zacchaeus. Haven't you heard? You must not know what happened to my husband. And Zacchaeus says, haven't I heard? Haven't I heard what? And as Zacchaeus peeked around the corner, he saw a man standing and sitting in that living room. He was bright eyed. He was well dressed. He certainly didn't look like a crazy man. When he saw Zacchaeus, he stood up and he said, Mr. Zacchaeus, please come in. I want to thank you for what you did for my family last month. I really don't know what happened to me. All I know is I got into sin, I got into drinking, I lost all of our money, we lost our credit, I almost lost our family. I went out to that island, I was having more fun than anybody could ever have. When a boat would come up to that island, I would pretend that I was chained. And when the people got close enough, I would tear off those chains and go screaming at them. So much fun to watch them go running back to the boat as I chased them down, screaming at them, scared to death that I was going to kill them or do something bad to them. 
and they'd take off uh, and, and go away as far as they could. But when one day, a boat came onto that island, and a man got off that boat and started walking toward me. And I thought to myself, this is going to be fun. I ripped those chains and charged at him screaming, foaming at the mouth. And the closer I got, the slower and slower I got, until finally I got to him and I fell on my knees and I said, my Lord and my God. The man was Jesus Christ. And that man gave me back my mind. He gave me back my health. He gave me back my home. He gave me back my family. Jesus Christ did it. Oh, Mr. Zacchaeus, haven't you heard what Jesus Christ did for me? Here's the wonderful truth about salvation, folks. When Jesus Christ comes into a heart, all things pass away and all things become new. It all changes. The mind that is plagued by sin, the thoughts are contaminated by the curse of sin. They are restored. They are cleaned. The mind is renewed and the heart is changed. And the things that we didn't care about, the activities that held no interest for us, suddenly those things become important. And all those things from the old old life simply lose their appeal. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. That's salvation story. That's what happened to us. That's what happened to Mr. Gadara that day. Well, Zacchaeus took the tax money and walked down the street. And he said to himself, I can't take much more of this. I'm going to go to one more house, and that's it. I've collected enough money today. I'm doing really well right now. I'm going to go to one more house, and I'm going to call it a day. Zacchaeus walked to the final house on his list. He looked at that house and looked at the list again. He couldn't believe his eyes. There was paint on that house. The windows were all fixed. The grass had been cut. The porch was repaired. The fence had been repaired. The place looked beautiful. And Zacchaeus said to himself, I know what happened. That dirty blind beggar sold this house and left town without paying his taxes. This place was dumped, and now it's beautiful. He figured out a way to get out of paying his taxes. And then he said to himself, I don't care who's living here. They're going to pay the taxes. I don't care who bought this house. They're going to pay me what that blind beggar owes me. So Zacchaeus charges up to that door and knocks at that door. An old short guy opened the door and said, Hello, Mr. Zacchaeus. You're shorter than I thought you'd be. (laughs) And Zacchaeus says, who are you? And the man says, I'm blind Bartimaeus. And Zacchaeus says, how do you, what do you mean I'm shorter than I thought, than you thought I'd be? How can you tell? You're blind. And Bartimaeus says, oh, Mr. Zacchaeus, haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? I can see now. I've got a good job. Things are going well. Mr. Zacchaeus, Jesus Christ gave me my sight. Oh, Mr. Zacchaeus, haven't you heard about my eyesight? And Zacchaeus says, no, I haven't heard, but I want to hear. I want to hear. I have heard two of the most fantastic stories today that I have ever heard in my life. And Jesus Christ was the main figure in both of those stories. Bartimaeus, tell me your story. Tell me what happened to you. And so Bartimaeus tells his story. Mr. Zacchaeus, a few weeks ago, I set myself at the corner where I always beg every day. I was sitting there and I heard a commotion coming down the street. The noise was getting closer and closer. Then I heard someone walk by and I asked them, what's going on? What's all this noise about? And someone said, Jesus Christ is coming down the street. He's going to be walking down this way in just a few minutes. A few seconds later, I heard somebody else say, here he comes. Here he comes. I didn't know what to do. I was tired of the blindness. I was tired of the struggling. I was tired of the begging. So when I heard Jesus Christ come close, I just started crying out, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. 
And someone said to me, shut up, beggar. That's Jesus Christ over there. Keep quiet. But I cried even louder, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And I heard Jesus say, stop. And he parted the crowd and he walked up to me and he said to me, what do you want? And I said to him, Lord, if I could only see, I just want my sight. If I could only see. And Jesus Christ said to me, Mr. Mr. Zacchaeus, Jesus Christ said to me, you've got your sight. And Mr. Zacchaeus, I'm no longer blind. Jesus Christ gave me my sight. He gave me my sight. Now, I can't imagine anything worse than being blind. I'm sure there are worse things, but I can't imagine anything much worse. It must be a horrible thing not to be able to see all the wonders, all the beauty around us, not to be able to see loved ones and friends, not to be able to see anything of any value to us. But as, bl- as bad as physical blindness is, there's something even worse. And that's spiritual blindness. And that is the state of every lost person on this earth. The Bible tells us Satan has blinded the eyes of every lost man and woman. That's what I was without Jesus Christ. I was a spiritually blind person. And by the way, that's what you were as well. If you know Jesus Christ as Savior this morning, before you got saved, you were blind with no hope and no future whatsoever. Amen. But then Jesus Christ came. And in love, he said to me, what do you want? And I said, Lord, I want my sight. And Jesus Christ says, you can see. And I was no longer spiritually blinded. I was no longer a spiritual beggar. Jesus Christ changed my life. Jesus Christ gave me my sight when he saved me. Zacchaeus said to Bartimaeus, please, Mr. Bartimaeus, I want to see this Jesus. Tell me, where can I find him? And Bartimaeus said, well, I've heard he's supposed to come down this road at 2 o'clock today. And they tell me once he walks down this road, he'll never come by this way again. And he didn't because at that day, Jesus Christ was walking his way to the cross. He never came down that road again. Zacchaeus ran down the street to where Jesus Christ was to come. There was already a crowd gathered there. And Zacchaeus says, is he coming? Is he coming? And the people said, yes, we can see him. He's coming. And because Zacchaeus was a wee little man... He began jumping, trying to see, trying to see over that crowd, but he was too small and the crowd was too big and he couldn't see. And so he began to cry out, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. And the people said, why is that Zacchaeus? And he said, haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? He can cure the most terrible disease of all. He can cure sin that contaminates the soul. And they said, here he comes, Zacchaeus. Here he comes. You're going to miss him. You're not going to see him. And Zacchaeus says, I can't miss him. I don't want to miss him. I've got to see him. And just that time, Zacchaeus sees a sycamore tree very close to him. And Zacchaeus climbs up that tree, scraping himself and tearing his clothes. And Jesus walked by and Zacchaeus saw him. But even greater than that, Jesus Christ saw Zacchaeus. (laughs) Jesus Christ knows where every lost sinner is. He is just waiting for them to come to him. Jesus called Zacchaeus down from that tree and changed his life that day. Zacchaeus was never the same again. You can read it there, the last part of the verses we read this morning. He changed when he met Jesus Christ. So we asked the question, why did Zacchaeus climb that tree? Why was it so important for Zacchaeus to see Jesus Christ? And the answer to that question is simply this. Zacchaeus climbed that tree because of the faithful testimony of three people whose lives were changed by the power of God. And they were just willing to tell somebody else what Jesus Christ had done for them. And I want to tell you something, folks, this morning. There are people all over the city and people all over this county who need to see Jesus Christ. 
He is walking by and they're sick with sin and they need to see him. But the only way they're going to see him and the only way he can do what he can do is if there's some faithful person from this group, some faithful person from Calvary Bible Baptist Church who will commit all for Jesus Christ and take the time to tell them what Jesus Christ had done for them. The only way they're going to know. The only way they're going to know. Jesus Christ is not asking us to be great preachers. He is not asking us to be great theologians. We are not necessarily being asked to explain every deep doctrine found in the Word of God. We are being asked by God to tell somebody else what Jesus Christ did for us. Haven't you heard? I was dead in sin, but Jesus Christ gave me life. Haven't you heard? My mind was filled with the awfulness of sin, but God renewed my mind through his son. Haven't you heard? I was blind and sin deceived me and I was walking down the wrong road with no light and no hope. But Jesus came and gave me my sight and now I can see. Haven't you heard what Jesus Christ can do? They haven't heard. They haven't heard. No one's telling them. We think somebody else is telling them, but nobody's telling them. We think the preacher is telling them, or the TV is telling them, or the radio is telling them. We think because we hear the gospel so much that everybody's hearing the gospel as much as we are, but they're not. They need someone just to tell them what Jesus Christ has done for them. God will use the testimony of any person in this room if they'll just give it out. Just give it out. People need to hear the personal account from us so they can understand that Jesus Christ is real, that his promises work, that what he says is true, and salvation is for all people. And ye shall be witnesses. That is what we are called to do. They haven't heard. We need to tell them. I want to close this morning with a story. A missionary from Taiwan tells about how when he was in Taiwan, the American missionaries would all meet together for a time of prayer. Then they go back to their respective villages for their services for that day. A young missionary couple had come over with a young daughter, 18 months old. This little girl had long blonde hair, and the Taiwanese, because of their dark hair, had never seen anything like it. The people loved that golden hair. So the missionaries were meeting, and that little girl would travel from person to person to person. Uh, It was time to go. And the mother of the young girl says, have you seen my daughter? And one of the missionaries said, well, we had her, but then she went to somebody else, and then she went to somebody else, and then she went to somebody else. And the mother checked with each person who had her, and it became apparent that the child was missing. Everybody had seen her, but nobody knew where she was. They formed a search party and began to search for that little girl. Finally, someone yelled out, here she is, and they ran to the back of the house. And behind that house, there was a shallow fish pond. And that little girl, while wandering around, had looked at the fish and tripped and fell into that pond and hit her head and drowned in that water. And they pulled that little body out of that fish pond. Now, that's a great tragedy. But here's the real tragedy of that story, folks. Everybody thought that somebody else was watching the baby. And nobody was watching the baby. And the baby drowned. Listen to me. All the churches think other churches are telling people about Jesus Christ. All the Christians think other Christians are telling people about Jesus Christ. When in fact, nobody's telling anybody about Jesus Christ. And as a result, people are dying without Jesus Christ every day. And I am responsible and you are responsible to tell them of the amazing grace of God Amen. that he's shown to you through Jesus Christ. Why should I commit all to Jesus this year? Why should I accept whatever Jesus Christ brings into my life this year? The good, the bad, the ugly. Why should I do all that as I enter into this new year of 2024? 
It's because they haven't heard. They haven't heard. They're out there without him, and nobody's telling them. And you've got a witness. You know what Jesus Christ has done for you, and God has done some amazing things in your life, and nobody knows if you don't tell them. Why do we commit all to Jesus Christ this year? Why do we accept whatever he brings into our lives this year? Why do we allow him to shape us to however he needs to shape us? We do that because they haven't heard. They haven't heard. They're out there right now, and they haven't heard. There's people all around this neighborhood who have never heard. Amen. Went to the bank. I've told this story many times. I went to the bank one day uh, to create a new account for our church. And the fellow asked me the name of the business, and I said, Calvary Bible Baptist Church, and he couldn't figure out the name Calvary. He had never heard that word before, apparently. He spelled it all kinds of ways. Didn't even know what Calvary was all about. This was a banker in North Canton who never heard of Calvary. Never heard of Calvary. Folks, they haven't heard. We think they've heard. They haven't heard. You think that neighbor's heard. He hasn't heard. That store clerk, that person that you work with, whoever it might be, folks, they haven't heard. So here's the challenge of the new year as far as I'm concerned. Here's the one thing we need to focus on in 2024. Go out of your life and find someone and tell them what Jesus Christ has done for them. You could do no greater thing in your life. You could accomplish no greater thing. It's the one thing we're called to do. It's the only thing that we'll do that will make a difference for all of eternity. Folks, everything else you do in this life is going to fade someday. All the awards, all the recognitions, the career, the sports, the grades, everything else is going to pass away and nobody will remember. But you bring a soul to Jesus Christ, that has impact for all of eternity. So 2024, I want our church to commit ourselves to all for Jesus. No matter what it takes, all for Jesus. And as you take that theme, we then find somebody who hasn't heard, and we tell them what Jesus Christ can do for them. And we do that fully committed, and we do that no matter what the cost. And if God needs to bring hardship into our life to make us more like Jesus Christ, we accept that hardship and use it for his glory to make us more like him. Because I'm going to tell you something, probably today, but sometime this week, certainly sometime this year, somebody's going to cross your path, and they haven't heard. They've not heard. And we need to tell them if Jesus Christ becomes our passion, we will tell them what Jesus Christ did. If nothing else matters as much as he does, if we'll do all that we can do to tell them of Jesus Christ, uh, if we give up whatever we need to give up and suffer whatever we must suffer, they'll hear the wonderful message. Jesus saves. And that's the message every person in your life needs to hear. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. They haven't heard. They can hear through you. Heads bowed.